In this episode of the New How Podcast, we sit down with Albert Strobel of Coldwell Banker and discuss the state of the union of real estate in Philadelphia. So sit back, relax, here we go. This is the New How Podcast. Learning to build businesses and real estate in a new age of technology. Today on the New How Podcast, we have Albert Strobel from Caldwell Banker. Uh, Albert, we met back in, I don't know, at least over a year ago now? Yeah, it's probably two years now. Probably two years, right? Um, we met at a diversified investors group over in Maniunk at uh, Maniunk Brewing Company. Absolutely. Right? So, Albert, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself sure. and how you, you know, what you're doing now and, you know, we'll start and understand how you got into real estate. Sure. Uh, as uh, Brian said, I'm a realtor with Caldwell Banker Preferred and Bluebell. Uh, which is in the suburbs. However, I do 90% of my investing business in the city. Uh, so I spent a lot of time down there. But um, I got involved in real estate in 2010, bought a rental property in Maniunk. And uh, I will admit, I did it all the wrong way. Um, <laughs> I uh, bought off the MLS. I paid too much for it. I didn't put the right finishes in. And uh, you know, I, I didn't get any you know, good financing and I'm still paying for it today. So definitely <laughs> still paying for it, still paying for it today. Right. So definitely learn from my mistakes. But, uh, you know, one of the great things is that through networking and education, you know, you, you typically find your way to the, to the right course and you start doing things the right way. So, yeah. so today you're doing, so a couple things. So you're an active realtor. Are you doing, uh, you know, re, uh, retail listings for clients? Yes, okay. I do. Uh, I, I probably do 20 to 25 transactions a year okay. for, for clients buy and sell in addition to the uh, gotcha. investments. And then you're doing now, your own stuff. You're correct. And I guess you're doing new construction. Yeah, I'm doing a myriad of things. I'm doing uh, new construction with you guys, you yep. know, starting to get that that off the ground. I've been doing flips now for about four years, mm -hmm. you know, basically filled off your row homes, turn those around. Yep. And I also own a rental portfolio. I'm up to 20 doors now. So Damn. yeah, started in, started in Maniunk with Damn, the first man, two. I'm behind. I got, <laughs> I got to catch up. Yeah. Cash flow. Cash nice. flow is yeah. king. Passive so. income. That's uh Someday it'll make it make up make a lot. When did you start becoming a realtor? When were you a realtor first? Uh, I've been licensed now for four years. Um, I've only been a, a full time realtor for two years. Uh, before my full time life in real estate, I worked in uh, college athletics. I coached uh, college tennis for fifteen years. Whoa. And Damn, yeah. you got a sick backhand, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, my backhand's not that great. Forehand. Uh, Forehand. So. Um, but no, I, I've always been uh, interested in real estate. Mm -hmm. You know, certainly had a lot of friends growing up who their parents, you know, mm -hmm. either owned property or commercial yeah. property. And I saw that that was a, an avenue to, to grow yeah. wealth. Take me from forehand to real estate. Like, how, how did you go from, all right, you know, you're, where did you coach at? Uh, Chestnut Hill College. Here Chestnut Hill. Yep. Okay. So go Philly U. Go. <laughs> All right, take, we're gonna have a little I brawl to, here. I had to throw that in. I'm sorry. <laughs> so take me from all right, you're coaching college tennis to 20 rentals. I mean, just yeah. you know, get me into you know how you got involved. Sure. So uh, anybody who's worked in athletics knows that it's a lot of nights and weekends, and you're on buses a lot, and you're constantly you know recruiting and traveling. Yep. And uh, when you got two kids who are now five and seven, and they're starting to play sports, you'd like to <laughs> see them. Yep. So you try to figure out ways to generate income that can support mm -hmm. your family, but you can also do those things. So uh, real estate was 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 really the ticket for me. Um, I started out as I said buying rentals in Maniunk. I bought two of them, you know, two blocks of Main Street and you know, kind of the clientele that I know, the college student, young <laughs> professional. Uh, but then I started realizing that there's another market of your, you know, kind of blue collar, mm -hmm. you know, middle-class rentals. Yep. 
um, that people typically stay in them for longer. So mm-hmm. your cash flow is a little bit better. Um, they don't cost as much. You don't have to put as much into the rehab. Yep. So I started doing that in 2013, started okay. buying in Norristown. Um, okay. I bought a couple in Norristown and, you know, found that to be rewarding, but a little difficult to yeah. deal with. Some of the boroughs are, are, are more difficult than others. And mm. uh, we, we met some resistance there. So mm-hmm. um, now I've been focusing in Delaware County, the lower Delco. parts of Delaware County. So nice. a, lot of, a lot of good numbers down there. Yep. What a, so talk to me, because you said you purchased, like what, you know, how did you go about purchasing your first? It was a cash base. Was it a mortgage base? Yeah. Did your credit just eight fifty and above? Like, yes, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. I went through. I went through a realtor, who you know we got a house off the MLS, mm-hmm. and I went to my mortgage broker at the time, yep. and he said I needed twenty percent down. I put twenty percent down, okay. and the rehab was all cash out of my pocket. Yep. Uh, but what I realized is that after that was done, I was out about 50 grand mm. and I couldn't get it out because the equity in the property, I wasn't able to refi it I mean, to the point where I could get that money out. I made, I made that same mistake too, doing, well, I, I almost, mine, mine was probably going to be almost a lot worse, but I kind of went in blind. I was like, Oh, we'll just pay cash, get, and I'll refi it out. I, I, I luckily just yeah. got out like within 10 grand of what I put in. I was like, mm-hmm. Whoa, like I could have yeah. easily have had to keep X amount in there and then had yeah, an issue. I mean, yeah, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. The the good thing is now that you know I've owned that property now for going on seven years, mm-hmm. and the value has gone up, mm-hmm. and the mortgage has gone down. So, yep. you know, if I wanted to sell it today, or if I wanted to refi it today, I could. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I did refi it a couple of years ago. I got a great rate, so I'm I'm, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But you know, that's one of the benefits of of buying rental property is that you know. Over time, you'd like to see the property appreciate, yeah. but over time, your tenants are really paying down that mortgage. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like I try to explain, even to my mother, who's probably listening. You know, like I think understanding the fact that people are paying that mortgage, even if it's breaking even, yeah. right? Like you're still making money every Absolutely. month. They might just not see it in your bank account, but see it. But if your mortgage is twenty eight hundred dollars, the way I look at it, if that's covered, you could at any time technically pull out seventy percent of that. Yes. Right? Yeah. right. You know, exactly. so it's like I'm getting twenty four hundred a month, but I don't see it. It's not yeah. it's it's shown on my balance sheet, but I don't see it on my T D bank statement. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So um, exactly. I think that's a, a struggle that most people when they're getting into real estate that they see, you know, they don't oh well, I'm not gonna make any money. Yeah, you know, the best properties are the ones that make a little bit. You can, you're paying that mortgage and you can depreciate it. At yeah, the I was going to say that just the tax benefits alone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, I love my accountant. <laughs> he takes, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he looks at all the deductions that I can take yep. and the depreciation and the interest deduction. And, and again, it's, it's, it's that long-term 15, 20 year plan. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started buying rentals, I looked at it as my kid's college plan. Exactly. Like this house is for this kid. And this, you know, and it, <laughs> it's a great way to, and it you- might be two or three houses per kid now because the way college uh, costs are going. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, just looking at, you know, you know, people have to have a place to live. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can't afford to buy just because of their income or, or whatever the case may be. They're not going to live on the streets. Mm-hmm. Well, even in today's tech, people want to move around, right? You might want to live in Philly for a couple of years and shoot over out to the right. West Coast, come back. I mean, exactly. that's even Jeff, who was on here previously, he started here, went there, came back. Like, yeah. that's, that's today's, Absolutely. you know, we don't have to take a horse and carriage out West Coast anymore, right? <laughs> we can take a plane and be there in exactly. the, you know, half a day. So I definitely think that's uh, awesome. What, talk, talk about some of your struggles getting into real estate, because I know a lot of times people hit these hurdles, like you having to keep 50 grand in, right? Like, Talk to me a little bit about like some of the things that you've uncovered that have just, you know, mostly can save Sure, sure. Time. Well, 
I mean, obviously money is usually the biggest hurdle. However, I, the, the more I've been in real estate, these, these are money has been defined when you have the right deal. So I don't think that people should look at money as the, as an obstacle. Um, I, I think the thing is knowing, um, you know, the areas to buy, you know, buying at the right number, getting a contractor who can do a quality job mm-hmm. at the right price, we can, we can make some money. Yep. Um, those are where a lot of investors fall short, where they don't either, you know, don't, uh, know the numbers or they get a contractor who's not able to, to, to perform yep. in the time that they're, that they're expected to. So, mm-hmm. um, and again, if you got a good contractor, don't let them go because, uh, they're your, they're your, they're your partner in the deal. So, yep. yeah, definitely. Uh, even when we start before we were actually doing construction, I mean, my first contractor, I had to let him go. I mean, that was on my first rehab. I, I had an that. issue. I, I paid like twice almost, and three times for some things just cause sure. I thought I had the right contractor yeah. seemed nice, but couldn't float a project, couldn't, didn't have a line of credit. And I think the biggest thing was that he was showing up in a car. I was like, why is he always getting driven around? Yeah. Well, now I do background checks, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, he didn't have a again, license. I, I did the same thing. I mean, yeah. I, the contractor I used my first three jobs, he did a great job. I bought a house in Norristown. Mm-hmm. I had him come out and bid. His bid was too high. So I went with somebody else who five months later I had to fire, yep. brought that same guy back in to finish the job, end up costing me yeah. more than what his original yep. bid was. Yep. So again, Learn my lesson that, you know, if you have a good contractor, you know, as long as they're not really, you know, raking you over the coals with their price, as long as they're in the range, mm-hmm. you know, stick with them, reward them, keep them busy. I mean, I, I think that's the best, the best way. Yeah. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Not at all. <laughs> no. Being a developer in Philly. No. Tell no. us a little bit, some of your favorite stories thus far down at LNI. We actually just did an episode about zoning. Yeah. With Alexa from Philadelphia Zoning. Yeah. And, uh, yeah got some really cool, got some really cool insights to uh, different projects commercial wise, but on the residential side, I mean, I've heard a lot of crazy stories. Yeah. What, well, can, you, what can you share with us? It's listeners? funny because uh, th- this, these past three or four weeks, I probably had all the crazy stories all in one. So uh, one happened today when I came in here, um, you know, you guys are doing some, uh, design stuff for me, you know, mm-hmm. we were expecting to get permits you know, approved sometime last week, sometime this week, uh, you guys went down to find out that Ellen and I lost the permits. Yeah, that, that's happened to us now. <laughs> I mean, so. it, it's, I mean, literally we're probably going down there once, twice a week at the minimum for our clients. And some days there's 10 projects going down, yeah. but they have down there a bin and it's not a bin, it's actually a trash can. Like <laughs> to put your drawings in. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah. So you're, you, what you do is you sign the sheet mm-hmm. and you drop your roll of drawings. That sounds really. They're effective. not expensive either. Those rolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundred dollars to print. So yeah. You know, we don't charge per. <laughs> we sheet don't charge for them right now. Yeah. The, the printing. We just cut down trees out back here, yeah. and it just it just. How many copies again? How many copies are to submit? I think there's four or five. Four or five. Four or of five of all those drawings and yeah. and submissions. It's, it's at least a couple hundred dollars worth of paper. Um, but we yeah. we, ch- we chat at lengths about you know a lot of things that they're doing to improve it down there, and you, someone like you who's down there quite often, you know, is doing a lot of projects or wants to do more projects as they ramp up for your kids. Yeah. What would you what would you love to see done first? Um, I just think that they need to understand that the development is happening, and they should do everything to to help that, and not make mm-hmm. it hard yeah. to do. Because should I think. You you know, Philadelphia has, has lagged some of the other major cities in terms of development. And I think that, you know, part of the bureaucracy and red tape is, yeah. is certainly, you know, has a big uh, hand in that. Sure. So I think simplifying the process. Yeah. And again, the more technology based they can make it, the better. Because I think, you know, the, the world's moving in that way and, and, and there are systems out there to do that. So I think if they can do that. But it, then the other thing is, too, they have to have the right employees in place and the employees have to understand that 
yes, it is busy and 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 construction at an all time high in Philadelphia, but they got to be able to to meet that demand. Well, it's, yeah, it's like let's let's put on our big boy pants, right? You know, you know, everyone's you know they got the mayor tweeting out, Amazon come to Philly, Amazon come to Philly. We don't got enough fucking houses, nor can we get them done quick enough to put their employees here. Right? Yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna put on our big boy pants, look like a big city, and try to compete with a New yeah. York, DC, Baltimore, like or Pittsburgh. Together. Yeah, like God, like. I mean, we keep the amount of issues we've had, and then you know it looks bad on our part. Like, trust me, the last thing we want to do, do is delay a client's project. Like that's because I want to get paid, right? I want right. to move the project along. I'll but, give you another example yeah. that I just had that that I was dealing. I probably spent twenty hours on this last week. Is that I had a property in South Philadelphia that um, they didn't turn the gas on, uh, <laughs> and it took me literally fifteen emails, twenty phone calls. You know, asking for a supervisor, threatening to call the PUC just to get someone to return my call back to turn gas on at the property. Jeez. I had another situation with them that they came out early in the summer. They needed to dig up the street. Uh, it's going to take six to eight weeks to do. I said, no problem. Yep. You know, two weeks ago when I was talking about this issue, I asked them about mm-hmm. that issue. And the comment from the guy was, oh, you want a gas there? I said, <laughs> you came out eight weeks and you told me it'd be six to eight why did you think I didn't want gas? He goes, why well, I didn't hear from you. Oh, I said, real. no, you told me it would take six to eight weeks. I should be hearing from you, not the other way around. So yep. again, when am I going to get gas? I'm scheduled for October 4th. So <laughs> it's taken me 90 days Jeez. to get a brand new gas line installed for PGW to start collecting. And we're going to bring 50,000 employees here and massive infrastructure. Correct. And we're going to put an Amazon somewhere. Meh. Yes. I mean, I, I want it to happen. Trust me. I'm sure every other developer does too. But yeah. can we support it yet? I'm not... I'm not sold. Sure. Just getting on board with you guys, you know, just having the same vision. Yeah. Let's make Philly better. So that Amazon. Can well, go. I also think too, there's a lot of people down there and I think the conversation we just had with Alexa, like there's people inhibiting it. There's literally people yeah. down L and I that don't want this to occur and they're doing everything within their power mm-hmm. to stop it. Yeah. And they can yeah. hear that out of my voice as a CEO of 30 employees that are doing development for, I don't know, hundred developers in the city when working here. Like, we've seen it. We've seen it firsthand. We've had clients threaten us. We've had clients tell us like it's our fault, but in reality, and I think now that our clients are actually seeing the issues because of the volume that the city's trying to keep up, it's not our fault. Like we, we right. want it done. And I, I just, it's, they're remapping over people's plots. They're fucking, I've had that happen too, by the way. Oh, you got yeah, it. I, oh, was one, I was one of the ones that, uh, you, you they, and they rezoned on a, on a development block that I had paid, you know, a good amount of money for a, a property that was zoned for what I thought I could build. And yeah. now I find that I can't. So. Oh, but yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, what do you do? Can can you sue the city? Maybe there's people out there trying to sue the city for it. I mean, good luck, <laughs> right? But yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of in the middle. Like, it's 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 also like, why would they rezone from higher density down to lower density? It's people that aren't that don't want development, and it's people in that are handling the legislation here. Like, Philly's not going to be a big city. Philly's you know it's going to stay in it's going to stay in that scale if we don't get our shit together. Yeah, I you agree. Know? What's some of your favorite things about building in Philly? Yeah, let's talk. Let's, let's talk some positive. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, or you even know, your favorite project, even if you want to go that general. Well, I have a project right now in Brewerytown that I'm really excited about. Um, it's a it's a house that was, uh, you know, in, in a, on a marginal block. Um, it had a lot of structural damage, mm-hmm. and we basically are rebuilding it from top to bottom. Nice. We're adding roof decks. Nice. And, you know, it's it's going to be a really nice project. So I'm really excited about that one. Um, but I think the thing I like most about 
developing besides the the you know the profit that can be made is you know you're really changing these neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've yep. you know I, again, I started back in 2013 flipping, and and there were some streets that that I wouldn't feel comfortable driving down. Yeah. Uh, and now I would walk around there with my kids. Yeah, you know. So I think sure. that's at midnight with. Uh, I don't know about midnight. <laughs> maybe not <laughs> midnight. You know, maybe maybe ten, eight o'clock. Ten. But uh, <laughs> but I, no, I mean seriously, I mean, you, you've seen some of these streets that you know were, you know, uh, blighted and mm-hmm. people hanging out and doing illegal activity yeah. and all kinds of stuff, and you, and you just don't see that anymore. Put a street yeah. light on. It's crazy what happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, again, just to just to be able to clean up some of these neighborhoods mm-hmm. and and even the people that. We're living there that weren't part of that, but had to live in the yeah, midst live, of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I kind of feel for those people. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just happy that I'm able to, to help the neighborhood. And again, the profits is, is not. Oh, a it's a positive impact, you know, for everybody. Sure. You know, it, it, you look how that ripples. Sure. You know, yeah. and think what that house is going to be like for that family five years from now. Exactly. You know, like that's that person going to buy it after. Exactly. Like, like there's a, thinking yeah. holistically on on real estate is is much more fun than just sure. thinking of as the transaction. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to chat about too what your thoughts on the market. Uh-huh. I, I, it's always fun. Like, I, you know, yeah. I've heard tomorrow it's going to end. I've heard 25 years. I've heard. Yeah. Well, well, I'm curious what, as a realtor yeah. and a developer, what do you, what are your thoughts so th- on that? Yeah. So, so I think that, um, as long as demand continues, meaning mm-hmm. that the buyers are still out there, I think we have, I think we have some more time. Uh, if I could tell you when the market was going to go down, I wouldn't be sitting here with you guys. I'd be <laughs> writing books and being on national TV, but you know, I, I think that you have to be careful. I don't think you can jump two feet in, um, to some of these neighborhoods and, and put all your eggs in one basket. I think you need to be diversified in what you do. And again, that's one of the reasons that I don't just flip <laughs> and I don't just do rentals. I do a little bit of both yep. because I know that, you know, again, when, when housing demand is strong, people gravitate towards buying when it's not, they retreat back to rentals. So right. you really have to be diversified yep. in what you do. I mean, right now, you know, the current state, we do, do have a low supply of single family homes. Yes. Like that's a given. In certain neighborhoods. Like, in, yeah. like you go to South Philly though, you'll see a lot of new construction, third stories yep. that are sitting longer than yeah. a, a house in a different neighborhood that doesn't. But they're also, of, yeah, right. they're one to 30 maybe, as exactly. opposed to some neighborhoods that are gone within two yeah. days. Correct. Being thrown Correct. Out. Correct. And yeah, one to 30, I mean, that's still pretty that's good. That's good. Yeah. 30 days on market is good. Anything under 30 is good. Yeah. And I, you know, we're, uh, even personally, we're looking at like the Southeast area of the city down near, um, like south of Pennsport area, yeah, Whitman, is it? Uh, yeah, Whitman, Whitman. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're looking at some stuff down there right now, some lots to build on. Um, I mean, as close as you can be to William Penn, I feel like is a good, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly, is a good thing in, at the moment. Um, I, I think you know, current state again, you know, podcast. Oh, what are we at? 10, 11? I still think we have years left. Oh yeah, I think if we put on our big boy mm-hmm. pants and we get Amazon, I don't think it'll stop anytime soon. Yeah, um, just from the people visiting, I, I do think apartments are going to slow, and they already are. Like I've seen signs up for rent, yeah. even in Manny. It's just it's hard to get renters right now because mortgage interest rates just went down again. They're like in threes. Yes. So to get a house, like it's almost better if you plan on being here for three years. Like I would buy, buy it. And, we, and we've older. stressed that too. Like, yeah. you know, it's, if you know, you're going to be in a place for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. It, it And again, a, there's a lot of programs out there where you can get yep. with little or no money down. And like I said, interest rates are so low where it can actually be cheaper to buy than just to rent. Of course. Yep. What else you got for us? Huh? I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, 
I think that Philly's great, but I also like the suburbs too as yeah, well. Yeah, let's there's talk a, about there, that a little there's bit. There's a lot of, you know, I mean, Conchahokan. I lived in Conchahokan back in 2005, <laughs> and there were some streets, uh, you know, Hector <laughs> and Elm, and, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't walk down those streets either. And now they're bustling with activity, yeah. and, and those schools are getting better, and the playgrounds are getting developed. You look at places like Phoenixville, yep, Bridgeport, yeah. um, okay. a lot of stuff going on. I mean, Norristown is starting to – Get their stuff together a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a little bit more time because there is a lot of Section Eight levels there. KOP that, is booming. KO, yeah. Well, they're building like the centers. Out they're there. building brownstones yeah. with roof decks that they can't see a view, and I don't understand <laughs> that. Um, Everyone wants a roof deck till they go up there, and it's, it's like, what do I do? Sorry, yeah, we got it's a fruit fly epidemic <laughs> around the podcast. So. Um, yeah, no, I mean that. I didn't think KOP needed any more shopping and restaurants, but obviously they do because I went there a couple <laughs> weeks ago with a couple couples, and it was bustling. But uh, yeah. They got a nice little grassy, well, fake grassy area in the middle where the kids were playing. It was, it was kind well, of and they cool. also have the Wegmans too, where you can go to the bar, get get a little lit up, and then go food shopping. You know, yeah, that's that's good that's, too. That's part of the, the scheme. <laughs> you get lit up, and then you buy more than you actually need. So, yeah. but no, it's a great place. And again, I just think that there's there's a lot of areas that you know, even parts of like Abington that that mm-hmm. were a little bit you know, blue collar and CD. Yep. I mean, they're starting to get developed, and you're starting yeah. to see a lot of stuff happen right there. What, what are your thoughts on? Do you know much about the Lehigh Valley? I'm going to have someone on here. Um, I know that South Side of Bethlehem 20 years ago wasn't great, and now it's getting a lot better. Um, I know that a lot of the, the mm-hmm. steel mills, I mean, I, my, my one of my best friends from college lived right across from Liberty High School. Okay. And back in the day, we'd go up there and you'd see the old steel mills, and I'm like, man, what are they ever going to do with these things? Mm-hmm. And now there's beer gardens, there's casinos, there's all kinds Crazy. of stuff. So, you know, I think anytime you can take a, a building like that and restore it and put it to a positive use. I mean, they're doing that in Kensington. They're yep. taking, yeah. I have a friend who buys warehouses down there. He's making art studios and offices and yep. he's actually getting people to go there, which mm-hmm. <laughs> I think is amazing. Cause I was like, how are you getting people to go there? And he's like, no, people want to be here. Cause yeah. you know, the, the rent's affordable. And, so, and it's, it's pretty cool close space. to fish town too. It I mean, is. that's, that's yeah. the best part about it. And I always said that, like, if you go just follow the L up, I think that that area is just going to keep climbing up along yep. the L. And then just um, from there. I mean, even when we came to school here in, in 08, like you went to Kensington, like, no way. No way. No way. Yeah. And even yeah. Fishtown, like, nope. Uh-uh. And it, was, it wasn't until it was they put the Piazza in there. I was just there with my class. They, 2009 was when the Piazza was, like, established. And that and started everything. That started everything. Yeah. Right? And that's – it's pretty remarkable how it's just hasn't stopped. I mean, and, you know, as a real estate, it's just, like, comp after comp, block by block. Yep. And that's how I think it's kind of trickled throughout the city, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, absolutely it's raised yeah and it, and it only takes one or two for it to start because as soon as somebody buys in that block somebody else will buy yep. and, it, and it just and it just kind of snowballs from there mm-hmm. so nice talk a little bit about networking because i mean yeah. i think one big thing to grow businesses for us was networking that's how we met you yes but i mean networking for new projects you know jv and projects or finding deals like talk how important is networking sure. to you and your growth so and again I, I i think i learned a lot through my through my trials and tribulations. But, um, you know, when I, when I first got into real estate, I thought you looked on the MLS, that's how you got a deal. Yeah. And then I found out that there was all these networking meetings. And, uh, so now I don't even think I ever look on the MLS for a deal. <laughs> I look on the MLS for my clients. Yeah. Or comps. Or comps. <laughs> or comps, right. Yeah. So, uh, I would say that every deal that I have gotten in the last three years has come from a networking well, contact, there you go. A wholesaler. Yep. Yep. Um, a lot of the trades that I use, the architectural, yep. Uh, the the hard money lenders, the private lenders, they've all come from, um, you know, being involved in networking, mm-hmm. you know, now before my kids were, you know, where they are now, I was able to go a lot more, but I still try to get out, you know, 
two or three nights a month to go that's to great. meetings. I'm a co-sub group leader at the Maniunk group where we met yep. and that's been great because I'm able to bring some people in and you know get a little bit of a leadership role, exactly. which is nice to get back because um, you know, it's just good to be able to teach some of the newer investors, you know, you know, what to do. And I also share my story and, yep. and, and yeah. what I did right, what I did wrong and, and kind of what I'm doing now. So it's all another impact play. You yeah. know, how can you help other people? Yeah, and I'm starting, to, you know, the, the thing is I'm starting to now take on my real estate to even my friends and family. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, a couple of private lenders I have yeah. are my friends and family. Right. And, you know, they're lending me money for my real estate deals and they're making more money with their investments <laughs> that were sitting in CDs or savings right. accounts. So yeah. I'm able talk, to- Can you talk about that a little bit? Cause that's sure. actually, we haven't really had anyone that's discussed cause I, I do it too for me. So that'd be a good sure. conversation. Talk about, you know, you don't know one specific, but how do you structure right. that? Like what's a typical structure that you'll do on a private? So market? I've got two different types of lenders. I have lenders who are able to lend me money on flip projects yep. and those are hundred thousand and more. Yep. And then I've got the ones you can do the rentals. That's anywhere from a hundred thousand and below. So the way I structure it's pretty simple. Um, they get a note, they yep. get a mortgage. Uh, they're on the title insurance. They're on the uh, hazard insurance policy. So basically what they do is they lend me the funds yep. to purchase and renovate the property. And they get a specified interest rate over six, nine month period, whatever the, the note may be. Um, at the end of the property, the property is sold. They are paid off just like if they were PNC Bank. Gotcha. They they show up on title and they're paid as the lender. Do you do a property specific or do you do a general? I do property uh, specific except for, except for one lender. Yep. Uh, he actually gave me money to buy all my lots nice. that I'm developing. So it was kind of a, hey, I'm going to give you this check in July or J uh, January 1st. You're going to give me my interest rate and we're just going to keep rolling. Keep rolling it. Keep yeah. rolling it over. Because again, it's... I think when people look at their investments, they have to look at this as a part of the portfolio. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, if you're out there and you got a hundred grand in stocks and that's all you have, no, I don't want it to invest in real estate. I only want a piece of that because I don't, exactly. I don't think you should put everything into one basket. Yeah. Um, but it's just been a really great thing because I'm able to now expand that. I start out with one or two lenders. Now I've got eight or 10. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Um, and I'm meeting with a couple more this week. Yeah. So the, again, the word's starting to get out that, you know, I can help you with, you know, mm -hmm. making returns. If they want to become landlords and, and purchase rental properties and From purchase you. flips, yeah. I can help them do that. I've got a handful of clients that, you know, saw what I did mm -hmm. and wanted to get involved and they wanted to actually get an equity position and I've helped them. I've partnered with them. Um, yep. And that's been a great experience just to help them kind of get started knowing they have someone to walk into the process and not have to make the mistakes that I did. Yeah. We do, we, I do something similar. So we're, we're starting to, you know, we want to, I was like, we do our own stuff a little bit, but it's not a, you know, our core business is helping other clients, but you know, we've been helping so much that, you know, we can do some stuff too. So, so same thing, friends, family, mm -hmm. you know, um, we actually give them profit per the job. So like we'll okay. profit share with sure. them. So what that does for us is I don't have to pay them monthly. Right. I just bring them in. They have, you know, obviously I run the performer. I'm, I'm very transparent. I go, here's my performer. Here's what it is. This is our projected profit of $60,000. We're raising this amount of money for the hard and soft or for the soft cost and the purchase. You will get that amount within profit of the job, okay. which based on the amount you're on. So it could range of 20 to 25% of the profit of the deal is what the investor pool would split. Sure. And it, you know. Yeah. And I think it just depends on the risk tolerance of the, of the investor. I think, you exactly. know, one thing yeah. that I preach is that they're going to get money regardless of whether I make money or not. Exactly. Um, right. I'll give you a perfect example. About a year ago, my lender made $11,000 in interest and I made 9,000 on the profit side. So they <laughs> yep. actually made more than I did. Yep. But again, they, you know, they, it was in black and white what they were going to make. It didn't mm -hmm. matter that 
I did not make the 20 that I thought I was going to make, mm-hmm. um, but they still got paid. Exactly. You know? and, and they were happy to, to lend to me again. They lend, they lent to me two weeks later on another deal. Yeah. So, cause in their mind, they don't care what I make. They just want to make sure that they get their property. And get right? the return yeah. that they're hoping. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. Well, no, I think, uh, I think this was great. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I like the fact that it was, uh, you're the first realtor that we've had on. So I, I like the, you know, your from your thought process of sure. seeing, you know, the clientele, seeing the uh, retail sales versus also your own development. Yeah. Um, For someone trying to buy a house, their first house, yeah. what sort of advice would you give them? So, yeah, I mean, if they're looking to buy their first house, obviously the first thing you should do is, is talk to a realtor who they feel comfortable working with. Albert Schrobel or no? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> but no, but I mean, when you're, when, you're, when you're in the home buying process, you need to be partners with yeah. your realtor. So, you know, someone that you get along with, someone that has the same personality as you or, mm-hmm. or can work with you, um, that's going to really answer the questions. And, mm-hmm. and again, if you're a first-time home buyer, someone who's patient, because mm-hmm. you definitely need someone who's going to be patient. Um, and then the next thing is talk to someone in, in the mortgage industry to make sure that, you know, you get pre-qualified, you get your ducks in a row. Because the thing that I hate that I see a lot, a lot of times happen is that, you know, either realtors or people start looking at homes <laughs> and then go to find out that they can't afford it, yeah. you know, because they've already gotten their expectations and, and, and they just can't do it. So pre- I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. Um, we had Joe but, on here. He said pre, pre-qualification. You yeah, pre-qualified. yeah. You want financial resume. Yeah. Something. You want to get the, and, and, and again, sometimes it's, it's not good. Like, you, you know, you, you're being told the, the honest truth that you can't afford a home, yeah. but yeah, there's a path you can take. I mean, yep. there's credit repair, there's, mm-hmm. you know, savings, whatever, you, but you have time to kind of formulate that plan mm-hmm. to what you need to do yep. and then have the realtor go out and help you. You know, the other thing that just to kind of go along with the investing is that not all realtors know the investing world. And I, I will tell you that it would behoove investors to work with realtors Maybe not who have done it, but at least you understand it. Yep. Because um, you know some of the terms ARV, cap rate, some of these things that that investors you know need to know from the realtor. You have to work with someone who understands that, right? Because it's gonna it's gonna really affect your bottom line. Yep. Um, and you know if you find a good realtor who can bring that resource yep. to the table. Yep. It's just very beneficial. Yeah. So no, that's that's great. No, that's a great answer. Yeah. Investors work with investor-friendly realtors, and retail buyers work with retail-friendly correct, correct. realtors. And, and again, there's people that can do both, yeah. but you know, yeah. you just want to make sure that you're working with someone who, who again advice. fits what you're trying to do. In exactly. The and you'll probably find those two professionals at a networking event. I would assume you will. You'll, <laughs> you'll find. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would tell people that if if you're not networking, then then you're not serious about the business. Yeah. Because. Um, you know, unless you have your own sales team, your own contractors, like everybody in house, yep. everybody needs to network. Um, and again, you never know when, or even when you do have it, you still go and network. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're still and you never know when you, you when you meet a new connection. I'll give you a perfect example. Last couple months ago, you know, I met a guy at a networking event at, at one of the many, and he's given me three deals. And wow. I met him that night. We talked for 15 minutes. We had a beer yep. and he sent me three deals. And nice. those deals are going to, you know, get me a hundred thousand dollars in profit when they're done. That's so great. again, that 15 minutes was worth a lot of money. Now that's he that, and I are working exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Nice. I need to make a hundred grand for 15. I haven't done quite done that yet. I, that's my goal. I, I want my day to be worth uh, a million bucks. Yeah. <laughs> well, one deal that he gave me will be close to 100 once we're done that's so awesome it's we got a great deal so very cool 
Well, this was great. Yeah, this I was awesome. We had a lot of good no. nuggets here. Yeah, uh, this is great, and and love listening to you guys on the on the radio. Appreciate you it. You know, maybe cut down the swearing a little bit. <laughs> Get the. <laughs> yeah, we, we we definitely aren't PG thirteen yeah. on iTunes, but I agree. I just I just like to be raw. I don't want to. I come across I'm very different with you. You didn't curse yet. Oh, no, it's all right. <laughs> totally cool. But no, I, uh, I will take, I will heed that advice and uh, probably still curse. Yeah. 50% reduction. 50% <laughs> reduction on this episode for sure. But no, but I really appreciate it. And awesome. uh, thanks, Brian. Thank you for uh, coming on board. Yeah, thanks, Albert. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, it would mean the world to us. You can reach out to us at thenewhowpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we really hope you got a lot of value out of this episode that you're going to put towards your business and real estate endeavors.